Hey there, Full Disc listeners. We've got something special for you today. In the current global pandemic world we're living in, we at Full Disc started feeling the huge void being left by the extreme lack of aviating going on. Our good friends at Mudspike Aviation felt the same. We both agreed that something needed to be done. Since we couldn't get out and watch our friends fly, we figured what better way to keep in touch than inviting them into our virtual flight line and having a simple conversation about all things aviation. For seven straight hours, we had live conversations with military pilots, airshow pilots, warbird owners and operators, social media personalities, and photographers. The audio was recorded live, and while there were definitely some technical issues that popped up, we feel that the quality of the conversation greatly outweighs the quality of the audio. Without further ado, Full Disc Aviation and Mudspike Aviation present the following for your listening pleasure. Full Disc Aviation and Mudspike Aviation present an aviation conversation. As I've started each interview today, hope you all are staying safe and healthy, and I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this brightens your day, if only for a bit. These are difficult times for many of us, and to be able to give back in this way to the community that has brought us so much joy over the years is something we're happy about and very grateful to be a part of. Here with my buddy Zulu. How you doing, my brother? Hey, how you doing, my man? Yeah. And I'm also here with a buddy of mine who's got one of those awesome ground-up stories from sweeping hangar floors to piloting World War II fighters. Matt Kropp, how are you, my dude? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, having me. I hope you guys are doing well. Absolutely. I'm about to be doing a little bit better because if you hear this, I get a clink here. That's the sound of my <laughs> glass. Some nice brown liquid in it. Uh, well, I, is- I got you beat. I'm, I'm about a quarter deep in a, uh, a bottle of beer here. <laughs> Perfect. Around, folks, this is about to get interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've talked to some people about the fact that this is probably the only air show you'll ever see where the performers are allowed and encouraged to be drinking during their routine. Yeah, it's um, quite. I, I like it. <laughs> I like it what, too. What eight hours bottle of the throttle in this air show. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet man. Um, real quick, before we go into other stuff, um, tell me a little bit that uh, clipped wing cub that you were flying around that had the roll rate of like an F sixteen. What's the deal with that thing? Yo, that that thing is absolutely insane. So I got a buddy down in uh, Pennsylvania, Farmers Pride Airport, named Austin Chardle, and I kind of forget how I met. To be honest with you, but he's always been telling me for years I got to get down there and fly this thing, and it and it finally came about and. Man, that that airplane absolutely ruined me. I mean, that like <laughs> that airplane is in my books the ultimate. It's just the most impressive airplane I've ever flown. It's started life as a J three Cub. I mean, it's a J three Cub fuselage. It's those wings obviously aren't J three Cub wings, but they are. It's got a twenty three foot wingspan. Um, you know, clip the wings on the on the inside of the wings. I think it's two full bays they take out, two rib bays they take out, and then it's also clipped right flush with the outside of the aileron. And the dehedral's taken out of it. And I mean, that, like I said, that airplane is insane. Oversized tail feathers, has a pumped up O200, full inverted system, spring gear. And uh, it's like nothing I've ever flown before. I actually, I owned a Clipwing Cub for a few years with my dad. And it, it was a cool airplane, but like this thing was nuts. It was just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> 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 I, I, I really don't know how to describe it. Just absolutely filthy. People, people think like the video is sped up with the roll rate. And, and that was my first time flying it. And, you know, so there, there's more left in it to, to muster out of it, but 
like you saw in those videos. It's like, is that really a cub? And those videos that you saw, you know, there's two of us in it with three quarters of tank of fuel. It's just a monster. Man, how much stick deflection are you using to all the way to around? roll it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going all the way for sure. It's got it's got shovels on it. The ones have spades. Um, very light on the controls, and I mean that's just that, that's full deflection. But it's just it's a little monster. You don't even need to pick the nose up. You can you can come out of a vertical maneuver, blast a roll, and right into a, a, another vertical one. It's just got all the power and energy in the world. It's a sweet machine. That's awesome. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. man. <laughs> well, um, I want to know about your background growing up. I know you got all kinds of ratings, but where did it start for you? So my father, uh, he's always been, just been a private pilot, just an enthusiast. He started flying back in the early 70s. And uh, he owned a 172, you know, a few years before I was born, and he still has it to this day. And... So I, I grew up flying around with him, you know, I couldn't see over the panel and he would just feel like, I would literally just fly the instruments. Like, you know, I fly the altimeter and the directional gyro and just, and then I got a little taller, I could see over, but that, that really taught me the basics of flying or the base of, of flying. And then uh, when I got a little older and started showing more interest, you know, it got my father more involved too. And he bought a, uh, a J3 Cub. And that's what really taught me to fly when I was about 10, nine or nine or 10 years old, he bought a J3 Cub and that really is what did it for me. Is that, um, that something you kind of took to naturally? Like the, the control inputs were just something that felt good to you? Yeah. I mean, you know, I was like, if I'm doing instruction and whatnot, I, it sounds like a goofy question, but I always ask people like, Hey, did you, did you grow up mowing your lawn? Like a riding mower? Did you, uh, you know, grow up riding dirt bikes or four wheelers? Cause it's just a matter of, you know, and high, uh, you know, eye-hand coordination and running equipment but so it was i mean i was so young when i was doing it you know i think i just grew up doing it kind of came to me naturally but the cub is what laid the foundation absolutely sure for for flying that's cool was that um that the first thing you controlled yourself no it was definitely i mean like i said when i was five six years old i would just sit in that 172 and just fly the instruments sitting next to my father so i mean i was flying that (laughs) I, I knew about like airplanes and what they were. I mean, I was I was I was born into them. But you know, once we started getting into landings and takeoffs and why an airplane flies and why it does that, that happened when the Cub came about. But literally, just kind of was born into it. Fortunately, I think that's the story from a lot of the people we've talked to recently. Is just kind of it's either you discover it much later in life or you are born into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. So can you explain a little bit how you got into flying warbirds? I understand you're collect- connected with uh, Tom Richard, right? Yeah, I mean, the, like the, the quick story is that, yeah, it, what, Tom Richard got me into flying warbirds, you know, plain and simple. Now, rewind a little bit. Um, we have always been an air show family. I mean, since I have pictures of me as a little kid around airplanes that I actually get to fly now, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, I remember going to like Sussex when I was a little kid. And actually getting to see Bob Hoover fly, which I'm I'm fairly young, so being able to you know see Hoover, I don't really remember it, but I know I was there. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I always when I was when I was probably three or four, my dad bought me one of those Jeff Ethel uh, ABC, I think, produced it videotapes where Jeff Ethel did like one on the P47, the 51, you know, a bunch of different airplanes. He bought me that video, and it was he used uh, the CLF CAF Camarillo wings. Uh, man of war mustang and he got me that video and that like set the hook right there like i just was cool. 
fascinated with warbirds. And I was like, I don't want to say annoying little kid because I like, you know, seeing the little kids coming up and asking about the airplanes. It's cool to see them enthused, but I, I was a pain in the ass. I was relentless. I would always, I was always, <laughs> you know, a- a- asking these guys flying these airplanes, like, Hey, you know, what do you got to do to get into this? I'm super interested. And then like the two things that you'd hear out of every single one of them is you got to have table time and you got to have T6 time. So fast forward, you know, flying the cub, I got my license, uh, flying like Stearman's cubs, built the pits with my dad doing all that stuff, but I didn't have any T6 time. So I, around age 21, I went to Florida for a winter to get the rest of my rating because I realized I wanted to fly for a living. And when I wasn't flying at the flight school, you know, doing lessons, I was super bored. So I ended up writing Tom Richard saying like, Hey, you know, you know, I'm around, I'm, I'll come over, like I told him in the letter, I'll, I'll, I'll sweep the floors, whatever. And that, I got in over there, started helping out Tom, and, you know, we started talking. He realized I had, like, a tailwheel and aerobatic background, and then he gave me the unbelievable opportunity of flying T-60s for him. So that's really what started the whole getting into Warbirds. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. How did you progress with the Hollywood story, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. But uh, it's 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 pretty much because of Tom. There's some other very important individuals along the way, but uh, he was, you know, besides my parents getting me into flying, you know, Tom comes right after that, and then there's a few other people we'll probably get on to. That's cool. Um, yeah. How'd you, how'd you progress in your ratings? Uh, obviously, you started with the T6, worked your yeah, way so, up. So, like, ratings mean, like, the other, the other Warbirds or, like, you know, yeah. ATP and stuff? The other Warbird stuff? Yeah, the other warbirds. Um, can we can branch off and talk about the? Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. So when I flew for Tom, when I first started hanging out at Tom's, it was it was like 2012, 2013, and then uh, 2012, 2013, and then I started flying the T6. I think in 2015, 2016, I did like a seven or eight dent form, and then I went and flew crop dusters, and then I started fl- doing other stuff, flying for a living. And then I didn't have any free time, so unfortunately I couldn't go down to fly for Tom anymore. But now I finally landed a good job where I have time off. So, what is it, two, three years ago, I started going back down and helping Tom out quite a bit. You know, when he was busy, had a lot of flights in the books or doing an air show. And then he, as you guys learned this morning or already know, he purchased American Dream. And uh, I was like, hey, the guy got to do to get into that. And went back and forth and talked to that. He gave me the unbelievable opportunity of flying that P-40 for him. And that was my first fighter, and uh, probably my most memorable, you know, aviation experience was, you know, getting checked out and soloing that airplane. You want to talk about that a little bit for like soloing the P forty for the first time? You know, I mean, yeah. So I went down there, did did a check out with Tom, and then I'm like, well, you know, even though I, you know, have it on my license that I flew a P forty, it's not official until I solo it. So I kind of shistered my way into that. <laughs> and uh, like I said, it was just, I tried so many years to get into the fighters and it's, 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 it's a hard thing to do. At least it was for me. And uh, I mean, it just, it just didn't seem, it just didn't seem real. It was a very overwhelming experience to actually be able to do that. I, I literally, you know, I know I'm, I'm young, but I, I dream my whole life, you know, since I was three, four years old, granted it was the Mustang, but E-40s are pretty cool too. So that was, it just, it blew yeah. my mind. It, it didn't seem real. 
know that uh, Tom is quite partial to the P40 over the Mustang <laughs> as well. I'm sure he's. I know. I gotta. I, I gotta be careful what I say if he's listening. I might get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> How do the types compare when, like, mm. when you push the throttle forward? Um, see, I want to. If Tom is listening to this, which I'm sure he will at some point, I, I'm, I'm, I'm automatically partial to the Mustang because ever since that video when I was three years old, like it's, oh, it's always Mustang, Mustang, Mustang. It was always that, but. Like Tom says, and I'm I'm of low time. I'm new to all this stuff, so I don't have a bunch of time in these things. But the P40, like Tom says, the true statement, at least in my head, it is in my book. Below fifteen thousand feet, if you're going to get in like a turning fight, a dog fight, the P40 is going to walk all over the Mustang. I mean, it just it'll just turn circles inside the the P51. I mean, I would say roll rates are very similar, maybe a little bit faster on the P40 side of things. Um, but it just it just turns circles around the fifty one down low. But they're just two totally different animals. And like you know, the the P forty started life from the the P thirty six, which I think the first flight was in nineteen thirty five. So it was on the drawing board like thirty three, thirty four. So it's it's you know kind of a generation before the Mustang. Just two totally different animals. Yeah, they got very different wings too. Imagine oh, big time, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Imagine that has a lot to do with how they handle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, def- def- definitely the wing. And I mean, the Mustang is, is super slick. You can do everything with your left hand, meaning like you can take off from takeoff to landing. You can keep your right hand on the stick for the most part and uh, do everything with your left hand. Or like the P40, it's, it's a very manageable. It's just different. But the P40, you know, when you take off and you're swinging the gear and you're making sure the gear's up with the hand pump and you're messing with the cow flaps, you know, there's times where you don't have any hands on the controls and you're jumbling all around. So it's, 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 it's like it's fun to fly. It's just a whole other animal. Yeah, or find yourself flying like, with your knees. All right, go ahead, Zulu. I was going to say, you know, everybody talks about the the, the fifty one because of the fact that it, it, it's the it's the the fighter, you know, um, and and the uh, the P forty always you know, it's the 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 bastard stepchild, so to speak, in in some aspects because of the fact that. Oh, it wasn't. It didn't have the notoriety that you know in the theaters as as the P fifty one. But you guys, the way Tom flies it and the way you guys fly, uh, it, it's just impressive to see that plane, and and the way you guys just tear up the sky. I mean, and that's where I it was watching Tom and and, and whenever you guys show up at an event, it, that I gained an appreciation for the P forty. Oh, listen, absolutely. Like I said, down low, the thing just holds its own and will, I think, absolutely, you know, whoop on a Mustang. Not in terms of speed. You know, the Mustang's always going to have that on the P40, but listen, all you got to do is just turn and, and, the, and the Mustang can't hang with it. And the, and the wing is, is much more forgiving on the P40 than it is the, uh, the P51. Interesting. That's cool. Uh, what, have, what other Warbird types, um, type ratings do you have? Uh, as far as Warbirds go, it would be uh, the Corsair and the TBM. Okay. How about on the uh, other side of things? I know you've done some flying for, uh, for some musicians. Yeah, yeah. So my day job, I'm a corporate pilot and uh, work for a big corporation. They got a number of Gulf Streams. And we do a little bit of charter work. And one of our old reacquiring clients was Metallica. So I spent some time touring around with those guys. So that, that was pretty neat. Um, weird hours and but it, it it's makes for you know a good story <laughs> <I can> imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. Uh, the drummer really likes to he he rides jump seat pretty much everywhere you go. It doesn't matter if Arsenal. it's like an app. An app, yeah, yeah, Lars. He always rides jump seat. Doesn't matter if it's like an hour or if it's three hours. He's up there and super into like he's got all the the apps. He listens to the radio. He's like, oh, what kind of airplane is that? And he tracks it. Oh, it's going from here to here. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but, but is he a pilot? No, 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 he's not. He's just, I think he just likes it. That or, that or he's afraid of flying, so he wants to know what's going on. Not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, how do the uh, oh, flying jets and your flying warbirds, um, you push the throttles forward. Obviously, in, the, in a warbird, you're going to you know, deal with the swing and tail and the torque and everything, but uh, what's the power relate? Well, I mean, listen, obviously these modern-day jets make more power, and I'd say the power-to-weight ratio is better, but, I mean, there's, there's literally just, there's not even a comparison. It's like, it's a, it's a total snooze flying the, I've never flown fighter jets. Let me, let me restate that. I've only ever flown business jets. It's a total, total snooze compared to, you know, flying the, the tail wheel fighter stuff. Just not even a comparison. Describe uh, sitting in a 70-year-old fighter pushing the throttle forward and hearing, you know, 28 liters screaming at you in front of your face. Well, you know, honestly, one of my favorite things to do with these things is just start them up. You start them up, get the prop spin, hear it, and, uh, you know, you always see that famous picture of these guys taxiing in with their arm over the side of the airplane. You're like, come on, buddy. What are you doing? You know, you're showing off. <laughs> but your, your arm just, I, I hate to admit it, your arm just naturally sits there. It's just, it's the coolest thing ever being behind one of those <laughs> engines. It is the... It is the, the coolest thing ever. That's sweet. Yeah. I imagine you wear um, hearing protection. Yeah, I mean, you have to. It's, it's okay. literally, literally unbearable um, how noisy these things are. I don't know how the guys back in the day could hear after the war. Because, like, you know, when you're up there giving somebody a flight or instruction, like, hey, take your headset off quick and listen to it. It's just you, you can't even hear yourself think. Man. Yeah, it's, it's very noisy. That's crazy. I can't imagine trying to not only hear over that, but like yell at someone else. Like you got a BF one hundred and nine on your tail or something. <laughs> yeah, that would not be fun. That's that when you know fun. that it's that it's that it's Hollywood. When you see the the pilot turn to the co-pilot, and say, "Yeah, you know, you know, the bogey on our tail." It's like, yeah, no, yeah, you're screaming, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like, think so. What did you say? <laughs> um and that's wild uh i was talking to mark who was it Andrew mckenna and he said it's like being at the front row of a rock concert oh yeah no without a doubt if not probably honestly worse i mean it's, it is take off take off power is ridiculous you get off the cruise flight you know pull the power pull the prop back it's like it's bearable but take off is just forget about it i mean honestly it's it's forget about it, it doesn't matter what kind of earplugs you have in what kind of headphones it's noisy Kind of reminds me of the uh, that Maxwell ad for the tape player. The guy sitting in the chair and his hair is blowing backwards, <laughs> his ties blowing backwards. You know, <laughs> yeah, so that's what I see you sitting in the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. What's been your favorite type to fly, at least of the Warbirds? Um, well, I have way more time in the Mustang and P40 than I do in there, so it's not really a fair comparison. And obviously, I want to get to know the Corsair much better. And man, I'm really hoping Tom isn't listening, but (laughs) (laughs) 
I really like the 51. I mean, it's just, it's just the Cadillac, automatic cooler doors, oil doors. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, they went through it with a fine tooth comb. It's, it's just a blast. And, and I think it goes back to my love affairs as a kid with, with that particular airplane. But listen, the P40 is, is right there with it. You know, honestly, whatever airplane I'm in is my favorite. I love flying the TVM. And I mean, that thing doesn't do anything the fighters does, but it's just a whole nother level or different style of cool. It's just, it's just a you, big old boat. When you, you, know? when you see it flown, I mean, I, I'll never oh. forget. So I'll never forget. It was a couple of years ago. It was that one one year that Geneseo got re- almost rained out, and and yeah. we were we were there, nothing going on. We were we were like basically saying this is the worst air show ever. And somebody had a scanner, and, and it, it said uh, she's the boss. Is five minutes out. Charlie Lynch comes in, and he put on most impressive routine that i have seen it, it even must than some mustangs he flew that thing that there was no tomorrow yeah it, it was listen, beautiful to watch gotta give a shout out to charlie lynch because he he's the boss he let me fly his airplane too but he he must be the world's strongest man because i haven't done any show I, i've done like some little mom and pop shows with it and you know doing a banana pass and like i remember my first time coming down the shoot he's like yeah you know aim for like 200 knots which so I'm just chug-a-lugging and getting 200 knots, and I like go to roll into the banks at the bank for the banana pass, and I go from one hand to two hands. I'm like, oh lord, <laughs> <This thing." laughs> and and then okay, I get the bank set. I'm like, okay, time to pull back, you know, arc round beautifully, and again, one hands, two hands, and then it goes from like, oh lord, oh shit, and then you just put your left hand on the trim wheel, and you just gotta like yank it around with trim. I mean, you gotta be a man to fly that airplane, that you know, <laughs> doing 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 those air show performances. I know you're not upside down and doing all that cool stuff, but the there's a lot of muscle that goes into moving that thing around. When you see big aircraft like that, you know, it's like watching it when I watch the privateer and at Chino, you know, you see this humongous plane just banking and just making this turn. It is impressive. And, 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 and she's the boss is a beautiful plane and you couldn't uh, have a nicer guy behind the, the wheel of that thing. And it's, it's, it's just a joy just to see it fly. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. And by the way, to make a point, the coolest thing about a TBM is when you fold the wings. You just you taxi in, or you want to like feel it's narrow. It's like, oh, hold on a second. You just flip that lever, and the wings go back, and you taxi on by. The, the coolest thing about that airplane. Awesome. Even the cor- even the Corsair can't say they could do that. Oh, the Corsair can fold the wings. They they, they can fold do that. it. They don't fold back. They they fold up. Yeah, and you're kind of blind, so like it's not as easy to taxi. At least in my experience, it's not as easy to taxi the the. Corsair in a tight places with the wings up as it is the TBM, even though the TBM feels like 10 times bigger, but the, I mean, the Corsair is a pretty darn big airplane, too. I feel like it has the, the power and lift to kind of compensate for that, though. Yeah, yeah. It's been one of your most memorable flights to date. Hmm. I'm going to have to definitely go back to uh, that, that first P-40 you know, solo, that first P-40 flight. Actually, I did my probably the check ride. I did, you know, that was it's like official. Okay, you're a you're a warbird guy. You're a single seat fighter guy now. And uh, I did that check ride with with Mark Henley, the uh, Aerial Shell team, and he's just like a wealth of knowledge and like one of the coolest guys ever. So it was just really really cool day. And uh, you know, huge thanks to Tom Richard. That's awesome, man. Um, <clears throat> what uh, what does it mean to you to fly? These warbirds. I know you're. You know, you grew up like many of us. You know, watching a lot of those those shows and reading books and stuff. And 
were inspired through those things, but you know, you're actually up there holding the stick. Like, what does it mean to you to fly these things? You know, I I'm not good at this kind of stuff to be honest with you. But <laughs> but but like like I said, it has all started, you know, from that video when I was a young kid, and obviously because my father got me into flying. But I've always just been super super fascinated with World War II. I think my my father, my grandfather had a uh, uh, a bring back German Mauser from World War II, and like you know, being a little kid and holding on to it, and like you know, your grandfather telling you, hey, this you know this back, and like you, you think about the stories the thing could tell, and that got me. And that's just how I look at those airplanes. It's just you know, it's crazy to think what these guys went and did in those airplanes. You know, they were they were, they were built for war. You know, we have fun with, them, and we go out and do this stuff, and it's cool, and people love it, but like. What those boys did in those airplanes was a whole different story, and it just makes you think. Makes you think about it. Absolutely right. Um, talking with someone about the Spitfire and how beautiful it was the other day, but it's you know sometimes easy to forget that these are instruments of death. Absolutely, they were, they were designed pretty much to do you know one thing. Yeah, and you know, but in that regard, uh, form follows function. And you've got some of these timeless designs, both in wing shape and fuselage design, whole nine. Oh, yeah. I mean, like um, the technological advancements that came out of World War II are just, you know, crazy. If, it, if that war didn't take place, it'd, it'd be interesting to, to know, like, hey, what wouldn't exist today? Or where would we be with, you know, aircraft design or, you know, everything? You know, it's not just aircraft, right. it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could fly any. Of those Ooh. World War II aircraft, or even I'll include include uh, Korean War. That was well, uh, five yeah. years afterwards. I mean, th- this is an easy one for me. You know, I, I say like the Mustang's my favorite, and it is because like I knew that that maybe someday would be attainable to fly it. But my all time favorite airplane, just because it's just the meanest, evilest looking thing, is a uh, late model BF one hundred nine. I mean, they're just the eeriest, evilest oh. looking things, and I, I just. Absolutely. I want to fly one in the worst way. Probably not going to happen, but you know what? They're just, they are the coolest, coolest airplanes out there, in my opinion. They do look wicked. Yeah, I remember I got, I got the opportunity to sit in actually a real, real uh, G model, and I just, I didn't want to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and they say it's, a, it's, a, it's not only a tight fit, but it's a, a tricky plane to fly. Yeah, you know, I can speak for the tight fit. I was in it. I was sitting in it without a parachute, too, so I was even further down that bucket seat. I don't know if it dropped down, but I'm a little guy, and uh, I felt like a big guy in that cockpit. They're tiny. <laughs> and that's probably another one of those airplanes where people talk about strapping it on as opposed to sitting in it. I, you know what? I, I, I would imagine. I would, I would imagine. I know I talked to somebody who's flown one. This is just one individual. And uh, he, he compared it to, like, the pits of the World World. I know that Tom likes to say that, too. Um, but this guy was a pretty respected air show aerobatic pilot, you know, in that kind of, you know, pits and sukhois and that one. And he was like, yeah, it's like a little pits. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a compliment in my book, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> well, um, I asked this question to Essenheimer uh, earlier. Uh, the feeling of being in an airplane being able to you know fly directly at a cloud up one side and back down the other um can you describe that is there any way to put that into words that mm. feeling well like i said i'm not good at that kind of stuff but once you get into the, 
once once you get into these airplanes, these high energy machines that have a lot of excess speed and whatnot, you literally can do that. You know, it's fun. A little cloud surfing, uh, house topping. You just aim at a cloud, pull up over the top, roll upside down, and look. It's I don't know. It's the it's the it's the the ultimate freedom, right? It's three dimensional. You drive on a road, you go, you can do whatever you want on an airplane. It's just you know what you can do what you want. It's just you can't describe it. That's epic. You know, you just you can't. That's really cool. Do you have any advice for the next generation of warbird aviators? Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't be afraid. You know, like I think I'm, you know, a good example of it. If you're into warbirds, you're going to be going to air shows, right? I mean, now with social media, there's a lot of stuff on there, but I think you know, there's nothing like face to face. Don't be afraid to uh, be that little annoying kid like I was. Like I was relentless. Talk to people, offer to wipe oil off, do whatever, and just. Be humble about it. Ask, hey, what can I do? How do I get involved? And if you really want it, follow through. I mean, I I was already at a head start because I grew up flying. You know, there's no doubt there. I had a head start. But I didn't have any Warbird connections whatsoever. And just from showing up and helping out, and like I said, Tom gave me a huge opportunity. There's a few other people out there uh, that did and took a chance. And it, it, it panned out for me. So just keep showing up. Keep asking people questions. and. If you want it, you'll get it. I think that there's a there is a, there is a there is a, a, a parallel between that what you, what you just said and us in in uh, the um, aviation photography business. You know, it's and I think one of the things is is you know be humble, but yet don't be afraid to to reach out. And, and somebody gives you an answer, no, don't give up. Just keep trying, and eventually your day will come. Oh, listen, absolutely. There's a, there's going to be naysayers. That- doing your thing being people did i lose you there we lost you there for a second well, i think i think i'm back i hear you <laughs> keep rolling yeah no i mean that's 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 pretty much it to be honest with you. i think i covered that right does that make sense i, I tend to ramble on that. so that makes sense it makes sense, and I think that I think that that's you know, and here in different industries, different places, you always have that the story of that that one kid that once dreamed, and he dreamed of doing something, and and he just went out and just did it. And I think that you you kind of epitomize that by saying that you wanted to do this, you were there, so you reached out to Tom, and and Tom saw something in you and said, "Hey, come here, I need you to sweep the floor." <laughs> and uh, and I'll never forget when. And when we first met, it was over at uh, at Reading. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny because we were we were watching the the, the 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 you were taking some some rides up, and everybody's like, "Wow, Mark Murphy's flying American <laughs> Dream." I know. <laughs> Everybody thought you're Mark Murphy. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's like, "Oh, is that your dad, or are you guys brothers?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, then when we went to do that photo shoot, uh, uh, you know, you were you were there, you know, uh, in the plane, and and you could just see that it was late at night. You were tired, and, and but you were just doing it because you enjoy it. That's right. You know, yeah, Tom Tom was soaking up the limelight and I was sitting there scrubbing away, you know. <laughs> he, he, even said, even said you missed a spot here. <laughs> that, that, that he was busting like your chops. Oh, it, it never ends. It never ends. And and I really I really felt bad. It was uh, take you back to Garden when we did the night shoot. And oh. uh I felt so bad because it was like, you know, hey, we're 
we're talking to 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 uh, uh, Mark and and Charlie. Is it possible to do this? He's like, oh, we're kind of tired, uh, but uh, said, and, hey, Matt, what are you doing? Like, by the way, that was a funny <laughs> man. I got some goods, good stories. I'll just take up too much time, but like that day, I, I flew the Mustang down on Friday, and then. Like, when I got there, work called, like, hey, we, we need you on a trip. So I stole a rental car, drove up to New York City, did the trip, and then got back, like, that next day in time for that nighttime photo shoot. It's just very hectic. But the, uh, the Warburns, the Warburns are like a drug, man. You just can't say no. You can't see. You just I keep going back. And you were like, <laughs> yeah, like, I was going to go to the hotel and have a drink. No, you're not. <laughs> no. Which, you know, I think, I, I think I'd rather do that. Uh, that run those airplanes and have a drink, you know, it was pretty, that was a pretty cool shoot. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool to talk about, you know, we had a beer after the show, but it's even cooler to be like, yo, we did a, a night run up with the zero. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. Shooting flames. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. Um, all right. Well, I guess we got, uh, maybe one more question and then, and then wrap it up. Do you yeah. have anything? Do you have anything pressing, Zulu? Oh, I, I think I think um, you know pretty much covered it all. I think it's uh, we yeah, should just more. go to some of the some of the questions that we got there. Uh, we got where does he fly? Um, you're all over the place though, and not one spot. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah. For, as far as work goes, yeah, just you never know. I mean, we're based in Westchester, but never know where we're going that um my last question is uh has there been a moment that you're either ferrying planes cross country or into a show or something like that where um i know most of the time you're you know doing checklists you're looking at the gauges you're making sure everything's you know on time on course all that stuff is there a moment where break away for like five or ten seconds and just kind of appreciate doing and where you're doing it like over maybe Listen, literally all the time. I mean, just just sitting. Excuse me, just just sitting in the cockpit and looking through the window out over the long nose, whatever it is, is just the whole entire time. It does not get boring. We're talking about warbirds here, you know. The right. work, 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 work is always work, and I appreciate my job. But the warbirds, it doesn't matter what it is. Just I, you know, as a little kid, I would sit in those airplanes and be like, man, what what is it like to look out in flight? What is it like to see that prop spinning and it, it it has not gotten old yet, I hope <laughs> and I, awesome. I I I don't think it ever will. Yeah, I I kind of doubt it as well. There's a magic to these machines that I feel like we all kind of understand innately, without a doubt. I mean, it, it's there's there's something about it. It's it's I, I feel bad for my girlfriend because it's <laughs> I mean, I'm like I'm like in love with these things, you know. I just uh, they're they're nuts. Lucky for her, you can do both. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh, with that, thank you very much for joining us, dude. We really appreciate it, man. This conversation has been great. I've had a lot of fun. Listen, likewise, and I really appreciate you guys uh, thinking of me. I don't feel worthy here, but uh, it was an honor, and hopefully we'll oh, do it again someday. You've, you've, been, you've, you've hung with us, and you've been part of our shoot, so you're part of the family, man. So um, you're, you're up there with everybody else. Well, yeah, listen, man. cheers to that, gentlemen. Cheers, brother. <laughs> man. Cheers to you, my man. All right, take care. Man, for all our listeners, be sure to check out Kroppenstein on Instagram. And if you've got a second, please fill out the survey pin to the chat thread so we can improve upon what we've started today. Thank you again for listening.
Thank you for tuning in to this aviation conversation. We hope that our discussion of aviation brought a smile to your face. This was our first time hosting this event, and we look forward to doing it again in the future. We welcome any feedback to improve these future events. You can find Full Disc Aviation online at www.fulldiscaviation.com and Mudspike Aviation at www.mudspikeaviation.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.